Hey, it's Brian, your lunatic friend, telling my story of Jesus and music in the 1970s. Mostly because I don't have a budget to make a movie out of it. In this episode, it's late 1971. I had just graduated from high school without a single honor. It might have been more like a discharge. I was headed for Southeastern Bible College in Lakeland, Florida. Seemed like a vacation to me, except that as a freshman, you weren't allowed to bring a car down to the campus. So my car, Dusseldorf I used to call her, had to sit in my driveway. For my high school graduate, my folks got me a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. It was preacher size. My folks had to be proud. I was headed for the ministry. It was a 15-hour drive to Lakeland, Florida. My folks drove me down together for enrollment week. As a gift for college, my mom bought me a bedspread and the bedding to go with it. I moved into a duplex in a cluster of buildings on the far side of the campus that upperclassmen called the leper colony. At Southeastern, they separated the boys from the girls by at least a mile and a half. In the leper colony, it was walking distance, they said. Just two minutes to the bathrooms, ten minutes to class, and thirty minutes to the laundromat. The campus was under spectacular Florida sunshine, covered by oak trees with Spanish moss hanging from the branches. The school was surrounded by orange groves and palm trees everywhere. Felt like paradise. But there was a lake across the road that we were warned not to go swimming in because it was home to a 14-foot alligator with one eye. They called him Blinky. He was famous for coming up and laying across the road and stopping traffic for hours. Within the week, I was taking world religion, philosophy, Old and New Testament survey courses, and I was terrified by how much reading was required before the next class. It sure wasn't high school. In the meantime, we were expected to attend a church somewhere, preferably within the denomination the school was a part of. I hitched a ride with some upperclassmen to one of my first churches, place seated about 50 people, and it seemed to be smack dab in the middle of the Everglades. The preacher was a little man with a big Bible. I remember laughing when he got up to preach and he said, turn with me in your Bibles to the Old Testament to the book of Deuteometer. Apparently, he never tried to pronounce Deuteronomy correctly. All I remember about the sermon, he was ranting about sexual immorality, and he was referencing a song that was on the radio. It was by Jackie DeShannon. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. At the end of the sermon, I said, I don't think that song was intentionally about sexual immorality, and he quickly shot back, I know what it means, because I got three years of theology behind me. After that fiasco, I decided I'm going to go to a bigger church. And at First Assembly of God, Lakeland, I met a son of a preacher. The senior pastor's son was a classic preacher's kid. The epitome of pretty much everything his dad didn't like. Long hair, bell bottoms and t-shirt, driving a used van with a beer logo on the side. Hi, I'm Steve, he says. I play drums. I was over at the leper colony the other day and I heard you sing and play guitar. Let's get together and play some. How about Saturday? We didn't even rehearse. Next thing I know, I'm standing on a picnic table in the middle of Freedom Park, as they called it. Steve had his drums set up next to his van, and I ran a microphone into my guitar amp. We were playing for barefoot hippies in the park. And a couple weeks after that, I was playing at his dad's church, singing songs like Let It Be, My Sweet Lord, and Spirit in the Sky. And within a month, I had a whole bunch of players wanting to sit in. Pretty soon, I was playing every weekend. The college encouraged students to reach out to the community and some form of ministry. They didn't like my approach, but they endorsed us enough to put our picture in the yearbook. In the 1970s, Christian coffee houses became the way to reach out. Someone even put out a translation of the Bible called Reach Out. It was a paperback with lots of pictures on the front. Looked like it'd be perfect for hippies. We started a coffee house back in High Point. It was called The Paraclete, which meant spirit with us. I remember hand-painting that place and listening to Billy Preston on the radio singing, That's the way God planned it. When I was done, the 
coffee house looked nice, but it wasn't very successful. Might have been in the wrong location. Now, the Dove Coffee House in Lakeland wasn't pretty, but it was doing pretty well. And it was one of the first gigs that my band played. We called ourselves the Gold and Purple Dawn. Straight out of the hymnal, he is fairer than the morning of the Gold and Purple Dawn. At the time, band names were getting kind of strange. Back in high school, we had a local band called the Orange County Lumber Truck. And there was a band on the radio called the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. So we thought we were pretty much staying with the times. We played a lot of local parks. You didn't need a permit back then. Nor did you need one to play on a college campus like Florida Southern across town. Most of the time, though, we played in little Baptist churches where a drum kit in church was almost unheard of. Seemed like the Baptists were more tolerant and happy to have anyone volunteer to do special music for free. We decided to change the name of the band after hearing a song on the radio called Timothy by the Buoys. It was about cannibalism. I noticed the people were singing along to that song, didn't even know what it was about. And that's when I thought we needed to be more earnest about what we were saying and who we were. I thought it was interesting that we were studying First and Second Timothy in class. They were letters to a young man. So I decided to change the name of the band to Second Timothy and I would joke that we weren't good enough to be First Timothy. It was hard to imagine that I had a calling of any kind. I was all over the map and flapping like a flag in the wind. Even knowing Jesus when you're young doesn't always give you a sense of where you're going. One thing I knew is that my interests were not on campus, nor had I thought about a life as a preacher or a missionary. There's one interesting note, though. That First Assembly of God church in Lakeland that I played at would grow into a large church. They would have a radio station called WCIE. Almost a decade later, my sweet comfort band would play in that very church. They started playing a song of ours. It was from our second album release called Breaking the Ice. The song was something I wrote that we didn't play on tour after a year and a half, and it would become a national number one song. The song was called I Love You With My Life. As always, I appreciate your comments and your donations to Nutshell Sermons on the support page.